What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Red Zone Radio. I am Robert Wampler. It is great to be here. Great to have you. Just Mike, listen to Red Zone Radio on the air. Radio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcasts. All right, so I don't know. We got so much to get to. Alabama getting taken down on the road at Texas A&M. First time former assistant beats Nick Saban. You've got uh, you know new rankings coming out. Uh, we got Chiefs getting taken down at Arrowhead. The, the Cardinals are 5-0. and John Gruden is no longer the coach of the Raiders. We're going to get to all that. Let's start off with uh, Alabama getting beaten by Texas a So Alabama got beat by Texas a obviously. And it was the first time in over 100 games that Alabama has been taken down by an unranked opponent. It was the first time Nick Saban has ever been beaten by a former assistant. And I'm not going to be someone that says, okay, well, this is the end of Nick Saban's dynasty. This is the end of his reign because this happens. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's a level to this where now finally that the stigma is gone of, oh, they've won 100 straight versus unranked opponents. Now that the stigma is finally gone and a former assistant has shown they can beat Nick Saban. Maybe this will finally give other former assistant coaches like Lane Kiffin and Kirby Smart, who, by the way, I would argue, at least in in terms of Kirby Smart's case, have more talent, have more depth, have more players on their team than the Aggies do. Maybe this finally gives them the boost and the confidence that they need. I'm not saying this means Alabama is a bad team. I'm not saying it means that they won't win the SEC. As a matter of fact, if I had a bet today, I'd still bet them to win the SEC. I'd still bet them to beat Georgia. I'd still bet them, if they play Texas A&M, I'd bet them to win by over 20. I mean, they're still the best team in the SEC, in my opinion. Nothing against Georgia. But this finally could open a potential door for people like Kirby Smart and people like Lane Kiffin And it's filmed to study of how to beat them. Because here's the thing. And and here's what you really saw in that game. Is that Texas A&M did not. And I see teams do this whenever they play Alabama. When Alabama put up points. even I mean Alabama dominated that second half. They dominated the second half. In terms of yardage, points. But when Alabama scored and when Alabama put up points. They didn't panic. And here's the other thing they didn't allow Alabama to do. Now, this is obviously easier said than done. They did not allow Alabama to get out to the early. Because that's what Alabama always does. There was a stat. That was the first time they trailed. in That the, that was the first game that they trailed in since they played LSU and they lost at home. Remember that team with Joe Burrow. So, this is a this is potential. Uh, this is a new potential game plan that teams have to have. Texas A&M didn't panic. They put up a field goal early. Alabama answered with a touchdown. And I loved it. Texas A&M didn't panic. They went down the field. And I think that's what teams do when Alabama scores because their offense has been so explosive. Their receiving core has been so great. There's this idea that if you get down to them at any point in the game, you can't come back. And Texas A&M just didn't buy into that. They put the pressure on Alabama. And every time Alabama scored, they didn't panic. Their defense made a few stops that they had to make, but they did not panic. And this could potentially be a stepping stone 
for teams to knock off Alabama. I'm not saying this means that Alabama won a national championship. I'm not saying this means they won't be in the playoff. I'm saying there's a possibility here that Alabama's um, almost unbeatable. I mean, they look unbeatable in the playoff on ranked teams. It's been over 100 games. They look unbeatable. That part may be over. It's still going to be unlikely. It's still going to be incredibly unlikely to beat Alabama if you're an online team, just like if you're playing Ohio State or if you're playing Georgia, if you're playing Penn State, any of those teams if you're unranked. But their dominance as far as 100 in a row, Nick Saban beating unranked on uh, former assistants all the time, never ending, that part might be over. All right, so let's go to, uh, let, let, let's stay with college. So Penn State loses to Iowa. And I'll be honest with you, I don't buy Iowa. They had a, so let, let's talk about this. So when Sean Clifford in, was in, they put up 17 points in the first half. They want to put up three at the backup. Nothing against their backup. Nothing against Penn State. But that game was at Iowa. They had the home field advantage. Penn State had 11 penalties. They were playing with a backup quarterback, and it still took Iowa to the last second. Let's be honest about this. If Sean Clifford is in, was in, they would have won that game. So I think it's Iowa, but I watch Iowa, and their defense is outstanding, and they make plays. I don't think they could compete on the same field with an Alabama today. I don't think they compete on the same field with a Georgia or with an Ohio State today. The speed of those teams, I don't think Iowa has that. Their stats are terrific. More turnovers than Alabama, any of those great defenses in the last three years. Over 75, I believe. But Penn State's got 11 penalties. They got a backup quarterback. And they still won. And they still barely won. And it's something against Iowa. They deserve to be like number two right now. I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll beat whoever it is coming out of the other division in the Big Ten. I don't know if they'll beat Ohio State, if it's Ohio State. I don't know if they'll beat... Penn State or Michigan, if it's one of those teams, Michigan State. And if they do make the playoff, I don't think they're beating Alabama or Georgia. And so, nothing against Iowa, but that game was very concerning for me if I was, if I was an Iowa fan. All right, let's go to the rankings. So, I, I, so listen, I know I just defended Alabama. Uh, not defend, but I know I just pretty much said how I still think they're one of the best teams, and they are. But I was surprised to find that they only dropped to number five. And this is the problem that a lot of people have with college football. Is they're like, look, Alabama is great. Okay, no one's disputing they're great. They've been the class of college football. But when something happens, if that was, if that was, and this is the argument that people are making. If that was any other school, if that was any other team, any other college at the top of the rankings, whether it was whether it would have been Georgia, whether it would have been Michigan, whether it would have been uh, Florida, Ohio State, Clemson, whoever it would be, if you lose to an on-ranked team, okay, at the time you played them on-ranked and they lost two games in the season already, and you lose to them, it doesn't matter if it's a night game, it doesn't matter. Iowa, it doesn't matter if it's a night game. It doesn't matter if it's an away game. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. If you lose to them, there has to be some sort of consequence. It cannot just be, well, we'll move them down to five. 
and I do and I do agree with that to an extent. Look, um, Alabama lost, and despite how good they are, they are great. That one game doesn't change that, but there has to be some, the ramifications have to be the same as they would be for other teams, and when they only dropped to number five, it's like. If that was anybody else in the country, they dropped to seven or nine. Look, Alabama's still going to be able to compete for the playoffs despite where they're ranked. And to be honest with you, that's why it doesn't bother me that much because Alabama's always going to be in that discussion. But I do agree that it, that there has to be some ramifications for Alabama, just like there would be for other teams. All right, now that we got a, now that we talked about some of the big college football stories of the weekend, let's talk about some of the uh, NFL games. So, by the way. I know everybody's talking about Buffalo beating Kansas City. You know it's great. But Arizona is 5-0. and And it was sloppy. It wasn't the best win. But you know what that told me? Arizona can now... One of the best things a team can have in the NFL, and I'm being serious, is to be able to win. If you have a star quarterback, if you have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, whoever... One of the best benefits you could give them and you could give your team is to be able to win when they don't have an MVP-like performance. And Kyler Murray didn't have an MVP-like performance on Sunday. He struggled. He put up 17 points. DeAndre Hopkins was great. It wasn't a great performance from Kyler. But the thing with Arizona doing that and, and gutting out a win is that you take some of the pressure off your quarterback. It's something, listen, it's something that not, that that's what the great teams can do. You can win games despite your quarterback. Your quarterback should be your leader. He should be your team's heartbeat. And you should, and he should be your team's soul for most of the, most of the season. But if you're going to have a bad game, it would be nice to know, hey, your defense can pick up some of the slack. Your other players can pick up some of the slack. And that's what Arizona did. Their defense stepped up. They're all, DeAndre Hopkins stepped up. Kyler Murray didn't have a great game, but but Arizona pay, picked up for Kyler Murray. And here's the thing, and that's something that not a lot of teams can do right now. Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks out there. The reason the Chiefs are where they're at at this moment is because the Bills, not, I'm sorry, not the Bills, is because the defense and the other players around him cannot pick up the slack. The reason why Patrick Mahomes feels like he has to make that throw he did against Baltimore or he was pretty much laying down and had to make a throw, or he feels like he has to make a throw with his opposite hand, or he feels like he has to make a heroic throw off his back foot, is because he feels like his defense won't be able to pick up the slack. Do you think he'd be making those throws if he had confidence in his defense? He feels like if he doesn't get a first down, the game's over. And people say, well, that's recklessness. And it is to a certain extent. But at the same time, Patrick it feels like he cannot put his faith in his defense, nor should he feel that way. He feels like he can't put any faith in the opposing players. It is a powerful thing for a quarterback to feel like if they struggle, they don't have to force anything. Justin Herbert doesn't feel that way. Kyler Murray doesn't feel that way. Lamar Jackson doesn't feel that way. Josh Allen doesn't feel that way. And sometimes these quarterbacks that are out there, Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, I'm thinking of specifically, because they don't have enough around them. In the Chiefs' case, it's their defense. In Russell Wilson's case, it's his defense. And when you don't have faith in the players and the team around you and the coaching staff, 
not saying that Pat Williams or Russell Wilson feel that way, but you don't have faith in that. It hurts you, and it makes you feel like you got to make these heroic plays like Pat Williams or Russell Wilson always do. Kyler Murray can make plays. Josh Allen can make plays, but they're holding it back. They're putting. They're saying, you know what? Let me put some faith in my in my defense. And also, you got to think about this. What we're seeing now from two teams specifically, the Chiefs and the Seahawks. Obviously, Russell Wilson's hurt. But what we're seeing from these teams is that they are now becoming what the Cowboys were last year. Now, obviously, in specific, the Seahawks, they are really starting to become what the Cowboys were last year. Their defense is terrible. They got some weapons, but their star quarterback's out. And they're going to be a mess. They're probably not going to make the playoffs. But the Chiefs are becoming that as well. They are now becoming the 2020 Cowboys. They don't have a defense. Their quarterback feels like he's got way too much pressure on him because he has to make great plays. And you're at a point right now in the AFC where you have so many teams. I mean, just in the Chiefs division, you have the Chargers. And obviously, we're going to get to the Raiders in a second with John Green. We'll talk about that. But you have the Chargers. The Broncos have a winning record right now. And you got the Browns who are going to be there. And the Ravens who are going to be there. The Bengals could potentially be there at the end of the year. The Chiefs are going to make the playoffs most likely. But they may not win their division. They're not Super Bowl contenders as of today. If they get that defense in check, yes, they can get back to the point they were. But it's hurting Patrick Mahomes. It's hurting the offense. It's hurting everyone on that team. It's making them lose to great teams. All right, let's talk about John Gruden. And look, I'm gonna, I'm just going to say this right now. I am not going to talk about what was in the emails and share my opinion on that. I feel like most of the stuff he said, um, you can form your own opinion on what he said. Uh, I am not, doesn't mean I condone what he said or I agree with what he said at all. But I try not to go into that space at even at all, remotely at all, on this podcast. As a matter of fact, I don't think I really ever have. I try not to talk about that stuff, whether it's politics, whether it's stuff like this. But this is going to affect the Raiders immensely. In the Raiders world currently is crashing and burning. They start off the season 3-0. They are currently on a two-game losing streak, one of which the teams they lost to is the Bears. Nothing against the Bears, but they should have won that game. They're in a division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and the Broncos team, who is looking very good. And by the way, they currently do not have a legitimate head coach. It's nothing against their special teams coordinator. But they need to find someone. And very fast because they are in playoff contention. It's too, It's at the point of the season. I mean, they got a winning record. They can make the playoffs. But if they don't. It is another season for the Raiders that, to be quite honest with you, it's, 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 it's puzzling to me 
how they are not having success. Obviously, the John Gruden thing came out of nowhere in terms of, at least in my view, I, I didn't I didn't think anything like that happened, and that came out of nowhere, right? So they fire him, okay. But everything else, it's just going to be another season of disappointment for Raiders fans. And and here's why. you have, I believe they have the right quarterback. I mean, they got Derek Carr. I believe they have a decent O-line. They got Josh Jacobs, who is a very good running back. You got Henry Ruggs, a speed receiver. You got Max Crosby, who is a very good edge rusher. And you got some very good players in the back end. This team should not be missing the playoffs. And unfortunately, to be honest with you, if I had a bet today, they would miss the playoffs. And I only said that a couple weeks ago. But they are currently without a head coach. And they are currently on a two-game losing streak, and they lost to the Bears. And it's not looking good. Maybe, maybe Mark Davis comes in and he chooses the perfect guy and, and he saves them in time. And, and there is time for that at this moment. But they have to, the clock is ticking on them. They're playing a Broncos team this week in division. This is a big game. And you gotta play, you still gotta play the Chiefs and the Chargers. You are still in contention for the division. And this is the bright side. You are still in contention for the division. You didn't lose any of your players. And you still have your star quarterback, who I believe is a star quarterback, Derek Carr. So that's the bright side. The downside is you have to find someone to put that together. And you have to make sure this team is on the same page at this moment to move forward. And we'll see what happens there. All right, well, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Thank you everyone so much for listening. Have a great day. And I will see you next time on Red Zone Radio. I am Robert Wampler.